0: Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Sunday and Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, whichever way you want it. That's what you've got. Uh, you've also got Paula Bennett talking about Matt King. we uh, have got Francesca Rudkin talking about her summer on the radio. Uh, Margaret Atwood of uh, The Handmaid's Tale fame. And also Marion Keys, another uh, prominent author. All on the show. Oh, so much stuff so much cricket as well and we actually have won a couple of games so that's nice I wonder where the coach is Jeremy what happened how can we turn around in the one day form of the game are we just a better side at the 50 overs
1: well I think it's a couple of things yeah we probably are a little bit better I think our, our roles are more distinguished you know the jobs of the various players I mean for example Taylor last night in the last two games has seen the the innings right to a close uh, very different kind of circumstances. I thought last night's was even better, actually. Had to do it a lot more on his own. Um, and look, But the, the main thing, Martin, we've actually we've beaten aside a capable team of decent players, um, and, we, and we've kind of also just started to unlock... We've been locked in a battle with ourselves, I think, over the T20, uh, and I think we've started to solve some of those things and... Not quite so edgy and anxious and apprehensive, and losing a wee bit of blurred focus, you know blurred focus. And you, so okay. we're getting a bit better.
0: Can you Jeremy, can you glean all of that from those two games?
1: Well, I think that because of the the, the, the more definitive roles that players are taking, I'm not saying it was a perfect game last night. Um we started quite well, uh, you know a fairly you know steadfast kind of start. Uh, and we went till about 30 overs and then we sort of partially imploded. Uh, But then there was Taylor as a sort of a solid plank, if you like, and was joined by the man on debut who surprised all of us, really.
0: I saw quite a bit of that um, second one day. Uh, Of of course, I'm not really usually allowed to watch cricket at all. Um, But I I managed to... Uh, fly through the loophole of having people around who are interested in it and then you're allowed to have it on I think I think that's what it works how it works and um, in fact the people who came round were also interested in the rugby as well so I actually managed to watch some cricket and some rugby it's been a great weekend all round. now uh, Paula Bennett uh, is backing up her leader Simon Bridges when it comes to not having Winston round, or indeed any of his party. So if Shane Jones wins Northland, he drags a few MPs with him, National lose the next election, isn't that it?
2: Ah, well, I'm pretty confident that actually National will, uh, with a bit of help from ACT and others, be able to form a government. So, I mean, our focus is pretty much on our own vote, and I can't say that I'm too worried about New Zealand first. Interesting that they're putting so much emphasis on uh, Northland in the last week or two because what, certainly what we've been hearing before that was that they were well over 5% and they didn't have to worry and now there's none of that talk from them. They, uh, mm. they must be freely admitting that they're well under 5 which is certainly what the polls all say yeah. and, um, and it's come down to that sort of lifeline for them at some level.
0: Of course, I mean, it's all a mixture of formulas and and, and you've you've got ACT, as you mentioned, and ACT may well be a beneficiary of the announcement not to go with Winston, but I I think you might have ignored the idea of what the maths might mean because the 5% won't matter if Shane Jones wins Northland. Surely that um, scenario must have played a part uh, in in your debate within caucus about about what you decided regarding Winston.
2: I just simply, no part of me believes that he will win Northland. This
0: kind of uh, backroom wheeling and dealing uh, before, during, and after elections is not quite what we had in mind when we voted MMP, was it? When we decided that was how we were gonna. I don't think we really wanted. Did we? I don't. Uh, and when I say we, I mean you, because I didn't vote for MMP anyway. Uh, uh, I'm pretty happy with how the summer's gone so far. It's been hot, it's been sunny, um, lost a few trees along the way unfortunately but other than that it's been good and uh, it's been nice having Francesca host- hosting Saturday mornings
2: We snuck in two quick trips to Tauranga and the Hawks Bay to see our parents and grandparents and we did the same things there although we also did some amazing day tramps those photos from my friends I mentioned in those photos they were doing the same things I was just in different landscapes Our cities and towns are far from perfect and we spend quite a bit of time during the year lamenting the lack of bold, forward-thinking vision and then fret when it arrives and proves inconvenient. And my city is a case in point. The city of cones is a nightmare to get around at the moment, with seemingly every day seeing another road closure in our compact CBD. So, it's a good time to remember that New Zealand is at its best in summer. At its best because we're all out and about and can really see who our communities are. People like those at the pool on Thursday and at its best, because in summer, it's easier to take advantage of all the things around us we can do, which sometimes you need a staycation to appreciate. So this one's for all the people who don't often get thanked. The lifeguards, the librarians, the people building and looking after our tracks and trails and cycleways, the park rangers. Thank you. It has been a wonderful summer. And thanks to you too for letting me crash the party Jack will be back next week.
0: Uh, That's Jack Tame she's talking about. Uh, I don't know if you remember him. Tall bloke. Uh, Youthful uh, demeanour. You must remember. I know it's been a while. Anyway, he'll be back next next week, allegedly. Um, Now, in the meantime, uh, we've got a Sunday morning show and uh, Margaret Atwood, author of The Handmaid's Tale, which has gone on to be even a bigger TV program than it was a book, I think.
1: There was the whole impeachment of Donald Trump and then no sentencing. And uh, there was a Republican senator there by the name of Lamar Alexander uh, who all the way through has um, been saying, well, yes, there's there's things to answer here, but let's not go there because this could tear the country apart. And I noted after the decision was made that a lot of people... um, praise his words in, you know, calming everything. But do you believe but that... The country is already torn apart. <laughs> yeah, well... Well, well, well <laughs> the, re- the, reason, one I, one the one reason I thought about you is, of course, your book, uh, The Handmaid's Tale, is about a country that tears itself apart and then recreates itself. And uh, you have uh, you have said this before. It, so you are... you Would the country actually physically tear itself apart like it might have... Well, like it did in your books?
2: Could it? Could that happen? Yeah. Is what you're asking. Yeah. Uh, well... Sure. I mean, anything can happen. We've seen it in history. Uh, I I don't happen to believe that that's going to happen this time around, because I believe the army will remain loyal to the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Um, So the American people are pretty dedicated to their Constitution. And... um, so Let's pretend that that's how it will go I
0: always, always get very uncomfortable when people start talking about the constitution Which has been around for 200 years And I don't know how relevant it is to every single situation in America these days But I'm probably wrong about that I usually am wrong about most things uh, let's uh, lighten things a little bit with Marion Keyes. So she's an author of a different kind.
2: Can you start with a little bit of a rundown of what the latest book is all about?
3: Okay, it's called Grown Ups. It's about um, a family, three brothers, three good looking, glamorous brothers, and their various wives, ex wives, adult stepchildren. Um, and they all spend a lot of time together. And on the surface, they all get on extremely well. And Underneath the surface, though, things are murkier and some people don't get on at all and some people get on with each other far too well. And all of that stays kind of ticking over. You know, everything is functional until one of the wives gets concussion and suddenly can't keep her mouth shut about various secrets in the family. And she starts she says something she shouldn't. It starts this kind of domino effect of revelations. And the reader doesn't know what they are, but they know that they're bad. That is at the start of the book. And then the book jumps back six months earlier and you find out, you know, all the different interactions that brings you up to the the concussion and the revelation. So it's yeah, it's about families. It's about how most adults are just pretending to be grown ups and It's a lot of fun with some serious stuff as well
0: Um, I don't know why I didn't realise Marion Keys sounded like that I I mean like super Irish Uh, And if I ever read one of her books I will be sure to have that voice in my head As I read it, narrating it to me Because that is how I read I I narrate it to myself Read it aloud in my head That makes me a very slow reader, I know I am Glenn ZB, slow reader, slow talker, slow podcaster. Uh, It's just over 10 minutes, about the same as usual. Um, I'll see you back here again with another slow podcast tomorrow. That was News Talk ZB, by the way.